Live from Nicole Hall, Loma Linda University School of Public Health, this is Don't Fear the Career. We hope this podcast will help bring you critical information on career development and tips and best writing practices as a graduate student. We also hope to give you a few laughs. Whatever platform you get this podcast on, please remember to give us a thumbs up, five stars, and comment. So now just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So, we have the lady of the hour, the piece de resistance. Oh my god. The woman herself. So scary. Molly. Molly. Doherty. Molly Doherty. I can't, Doherty. I can't pronounce my name. No How one can, can anyone pronounce yeah, your name. Yeah, some people who care about me can. but you Even know, your best friend. Even my best friend. Some people, well, actually, there's still a lot of people who can't pronounce it correctly, but whatever. I'm moving on. Um, yes, I am the proprietress of the Writing and Career Services Office, also okay. known, known as WCS. Okay, so um, can you tell me a little bit more about your office and how it came to be? Give us a little history lesson. Throw down the history. Throw down some history. Okay. Um, well, I was coming off of another assignment. Um, for years I worked um, working on grants for faculty, um, helping them prepare their grants and submit their grants, and it was a very high-stress occupation. I don't mind telling you that. <laughs> Anyway, um, that um, the uh, stewardship of that changed, and then I guess um, uh, SPH people were wondering, what are we going to do with Molly? What is she good for? Well, they decided that I can help the students with their writing, and um, it's something that they knew that I enjoyed doing, and I had a background um, from newspapers, and a, a thing that I'd been doing for years was editing the dissertations and working with the students on their dissertations, and so... Um, I think, you know, Dr. Marshak just sort of had this idea and she got it approved and here I am. So, you know, like six years later, um, but a little, little side jaunt of that was initially I was only supposed to help with the writing. What changed? Because I saw that so many of the people who wanted to talk to me, who needed to talk to me were about, they want to talk about resumes. And I really didn't because I was terrified of resumes at the time. You were terrified I of resumes? I was terrified. I don't think I've ever known you to be terrified of anything. Oh, my Lord. Well, you don't. You haven't seen me with a spider. That's another problem, but I'm not going to get into that. But, um, no, I mean, I used to just, it used to make me so nervous and make my stomach hurt. I didn't, you know, like when I was working on my own, I hated it. And then I understood why so many people, I really could understand why the students didn't want to work on them and why faculty didn't want to work on them for grants and stuff like that. I totally got it because I hated doing it too. But so many of the students needed this help until finally I thought, okay, Molly, this is the need, so you better learn about it, get over your own whatever. So I started reading up about it and also applying kind of my own kind of practical, you know, experience with it from my many years on this planet and combining those two things about what were the new best practices as well as things that I just sort of knew and I don't really even know how I knew them but I but I just sort of applied it and that got to be a big thing. So after about a year and a half of just doing the writing center I wrote a proposal and got it approved 
to add career services to my portfolio or whatever. And so then it became writing and career services. So that's why when a teacher thinks you need help, they send you to Molly. Just go talk to Molly. Just go talk to Molly. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how that goes. So, okay. And sometimes the students don't mind doing it, and sometimes they're terrified and don't want to come see me at all. I don't know why, because I think I'm so nice. You are so nice. Okay. But maybe they're as afraid of you as they are of resumes. Because you're going to make them do their resumes. It's not you, it's the content. It's the content, and it's true, and it's it's kind of, it sort of beats you up, your ego, I think, a little bit, and I know that's why I didn't like doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're either facing, you know, the the fact that maybe you haven't achieved as much as you wanted to or thought you would, or in the case of the students, that they feel like they don't have that much to put on there, and they're feeling sort of vulnerable and kind of like, God, I'm not ready for this. I think there's a sense of paralysis Mm -hmm. that comes on when, you know, when a student has to face what they've done and, you know, all of the things that they've done and, you know, even with applications, all this Mm -hmm. stuff, there's this paralysis of hopelessness, like, I don't know how to do this. And then you just kind of sit there with it. I mean, it's it's the same thing that happens. And they judge themselves. They judge themselves. And I think that's what everybody does. So either you're new in the whole career game and you're judging yourself because you don't have a whole lot of achievements maybe to point to that you don't think you do anyway or you're somebody who's older and you wish you had gone further or you had done more and then you're like oh my god I could have done better you know it's terrible so either way the whole point is just to kind of relax with it a little bit Mm -hmm. and sort of see it as kind of a journey and I guess they'll get that when they go to your office. They totally get the or whole journey thing. Or if they listen to this podcast. Yes. So speaking about this podcast, um, tell me a little bit why why we're doing this. I can preface it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know what is what is your vision um, as far as accessibility for students? Well, accessibility has been my number one problem ever since my office opened six years ago. Um, Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, getting people to know that I'm here, to come to see me. um, I would, I mean, I used to think, (laughs) I used to even have this idea, like, I would have, like, like a writing version of, like, a taco truck. (laughs) Serious. I wanted it to be, like, a writing slash taco truck without the tacos. I was just going to drive around and find the students sitting somewhere and just pull up and go, I'm here to help you write. Or something. And then they would never know where I was going to be because it was like, (laughs) it was the mystery. Getting people in the parking lot. Yes. No, really. I was seriously thinking about it. And um, and the closest I came was doing what I used to call the walk-up writing window. Oh, I've heard stories. Yes, yes. And it was kind of fun. And Tell I literally, I had this tiny, I still have this little goofy table I bought, put it in my, in my doorway. And it was like, like the writing DMV or something. And so I put a chair on the other side. I put a nice little tablecloth and some books. I tried to make it look nice. I even had a little bowl of snacks. And then people would walk by and not that many people. And I started getting nervous. And so finally, anybody walked by, I'm like, hey, you, come here. Do you need help with your resume? Do you need help with writing? And they, they look all scared, like, oh, my God, what's she doing? And then they'd come over, and that's where I got some of my customers. And they're still my customers to this day. Wow. And it was fun. But I, I didn't do it regularly. And then um, then we kind of morphed it into sort of like an open time for people to come and just talk to me about their resumes. 
um, in general, but um, but I just kind of missed the writing window. I might do it again. It was it's kind of fun. So I think when we talked about this particular platform, you know, we're trying to get students, and from what I understand from you, you you really want to get students and almost meet them where they are. I do want to meet them where they are. That's you know? exactly what I want to do. So if they are consuming media via YouTube, mm-hmm. if they want to listen to this podcast while they're at the gym, mm-hmm. or if they want to do it while they're driving. Um, We want to be able to get this information to them, this really vital information to them where they are. And I think that a podcast is is a really, it might be, you know, a newer way to to get to people. I know a lot of people, um, young professionals, students who just Mm -hmm. consume, consume, consume podcasts, maybe because we're afraid to be alone with our own thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to go there right now. I know. That's a philosophical (laughs) argument that we'll have another day. But if you are afraid to be with your own thoughts, you can listen to Molly yes. for hours on oh, end. Oh, my Lord. God help everyone if they have to do that. But and, I, yeah. and I think having it set up so that it's in a nice, consumable time as mm-hmm. well, you know, that sweet spot, 30 to 40 minutes, mm-hmm. I think that is a really important aspect of this podcast. And um, I think bringing up certain topics for this podcast that would be relevant to students is is a really good way to go. And so not only are we reaching students on campus, campus where they are but also online students right and the thing is and some of it is straight up advertising so mm-hmm. that people will come see me but also I hope to make this substantive enough mm-hmm. where and chunky enough where you actually get something from it you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's it's going to have it's not just hey come to see me I'm down in room 1521 no it's going to be you know here's here's a way of looking at doing your resume or here's something you could do with your cover letter or and where I also want to talk about writing because writing is close to my heart mm-hmm. so we can I'd like to talk about that as well and so that you can come away with it with a little nugget of knowledge that you didn't have when you started and and I can also help point you towards other knowledge nuggets <laughs> wasn't that I good? like that I like knowledge that. nuggets I dig it all right. Anyway. So moving on to something, a, a little piece that you might see in future um, future episodes. I don't know what to call this segment, but I'm going to call it the lazy student question segment. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So Hit me, lazy student. <laughs> uh, so, Molly, um, what are the top five benefits that students can receive from using the Writing and Career Services office? Okay, well, I was thinking um, prepare for the job market, 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 and prepare for the job market. Are you telling me that you're going to help me prepare for the job market? That's exactly what I'm telling you, lazy student. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. And so, yeah, it's just, it's kind of just preparing you mentally and also with your documents and create a narrative for yourself. And in terms of the writing stuff, that's a little more esoteric, but um, most of the students really want help with their resumes. That's, you know, straight up, that's what it is. Or a cover letter, or a personal statement because they want to go to medical school or something like that. So so why why should I come to you for, for this? Why? Because I'm here, and guess who's paying my salary? You. Who? What? Lazy student, you are paying my salary. How? You know, it's called tuition. It's this whole big thing. You might have heard about it. And some little piece of that, that tuition, maybe a buck and a half, goes towards paying me. So all those little dollar fifties, they all like, you know, like get all kind of gathered up and thrown into my bank account a couple times a month. It's great. So since you're already essentially paying interest on my salary, you know, for the foreseeable future, you might as well take advantage of a resource that is right there in the hallway 
conveniently located and you might have heard from your friends or colleagues or you know teachers that hey you should go see Molly because she'll help you out she might not always be you know super gentle with her advice sometimes maybe I know Um, sometimes she'll be like you know you really need to fix this and I'm not going to necessarily tell you how great everything is I'll only tell you that when I think it's great so you're not going to hold my hand? Not at all. You know why? Because you're all grown up. I really think so. What? You are, lazy student. You are all grown up. And soon enough, you will be out into the big wide world where everyone will accept, will expect you to be um, very grown up. And, you know, and I kind of really feel like you guys can do this. I think you can take it. I believe in you. So this next topic, I still don't have a name for this one, but I call it the seasonal topic. Seasonal. Like we have seasonal flavors at Starbucks or your various... Oh, yeah, I'm getting there. So what is so like the pumpkin spice, like yeah. in the fall? Yeah, right? so something that is apropos. Okay. So around this time, people are getting anxious oh, because man. people are going to be graduating. Yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of going back, so you're going to help me with the job market. Mm-hmm. Molly, it's a couple months until graduation. Yeah. How can the writing career services help me get a job? Um, I'm going to help you help yourself to get a job. How about that? And what? I'm going to do it by helping you with your brain and your wonderful thoughts and your creativity come up with your own career narrative. That's what I like to call it. What's a career narrative? A career neg- narrative is, I feel, kind of like, because I find myself doing this, like when I was talking to the students about it, um, there's... To me, it's, it's sort of an organic kind of a little chunk. I always kind of visualize it as like this kind of ball of wax kind of thing. And so there's this one piece, it's the resume piece, and then there's the cover letter piece, and then there's the interview piece, and then maybe there's like a portfolio piece if you're feeling really ambitious. And, and, and you're trying to make everything sort of like flow into each other and have it all sort of be pieces of the same whole. So this it's an organic process. And it's it's a way of thinking about you and your career as 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 who you truly are and not just cut and paste to fit into whatever little slot you're trying to get into. You know, I mean, there's a time and a place for that. Um, and I, I know sometimes you just got to get a job regardless. You just got to do it. But you guys have spent a great deal of time and money to go to, you know, to enter a particular career path and that's where, what you want to do. And so, um, we, we don't want you just to take the first job that comes that is on offer, and but we also don't want you languishing too long and, oh my God, I can't get a job. So somewhere in the middle of like waiting for the right opportunity or looking for the right opportunity, taking the time to do that, but you will find that a lot easier process if you know who you are, you know, and if you know what it is you want and how you can market yourself and how you would... Do things like thinking about how you would describe yourself, not in the, I'm a people person and I love the color yellow and something like that, but something that relates directly to work and your abilities and the sort of work you see yourself doing and the kind of, ultimately, the kind of career path you want to, you want to be on. So when I hear the word narrative, I, I think of um, tapestry. I think of, I think of story. I think of weaving. Mm-hmm. It and is, and that's exactly what it is. And so you're you're telling a story, right? And that's really what it is. And so you're you're telling your own story. And so what I think of, like you know, the resume is like kind of it's just a very sort of just utilitarian document. You know, you have your okay. stuff in there, and it's like you know, it's just the facts, just the facts, and that's great. Um, but it doesn't fit everything, and you can't necessarily talk about 
great experiences you had at this particular job. I mean, you can say, oh, well, I saw X number of patients or I developed a module or I did this or I did that. I did an evaluation of a project, something. But what if you learn something great at that job? Mm. Or what if there's something that you're especially proud of, but it doesn't just it doesn't necessarily fit in on your resume? To me, that's what your cover letter's for. Wow. And also, um, and failing that, if it's something that doesn't really fit on your, your cover letter, you can't quite imagine how to approach it in a cover letter. It could maybe make for a great anecdote in your interview. Ah, so that's part of my narrative too. Yes. And so if you think of it thematically, and if you think of it as an organic process of parts of, of who you are, how it makes up the whole, all of these are just, you're just showing aspects of yourself. Okay. And the cover letter for me, some people just think that cover letter is like, here's the address, here's the guy's name or the woman's name, and I'm going to do this, and I'm, I want to apply for this job, see you, whatever. And that's not what it is. I mean, you, yes, you have to do that. You say, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm interested in this job that I saw working for you, and this is precisely the name of the job, so that they have that information. But then you go into why you're so great for the job, and not in an egotistical, narcissistic sort of a way, but in a very practical way, in which you say, you know, I see that your organization values X, Y, and Z, that you all have a reputation for doing A, B, C, and this is exactly the kind of work I want to do. This is how I spent my, my schooling, you know, preparing to do this. My, my practical work has focused on exactly this, and these are the things I learned how to do. And your time then, you could think of a great anecdote. Well, like, as you see on my resume, I mean, what you don't want to do is just regurgitate everything that's on your resume, so you don't do that. You take maybe a little tiny piece of your resume that doesn't necessarily, you know, that you, you can't fit the experience into it necessarily, but you say, you know, one thing that I learned at the Peace Corps, or one thing that I learned during my field practicum, I had this great experience, and I really learned this, and it was fabulous, and, and I would like to do it again, and I took this, I took this from it, and I'll never forget it. Hmm. And so that's, and then, and basically, you're, you're, you're pointing it out so that you can say, this is what I know how to do, and this is why I'm valuable to you. And that's what you really have to do is prove your worth is show them why hiring you is going to be the best thing they ever did and how you're going to make their life so much better. Okay. What you don't want to do is tell people why it's going to be so great for you if you get this job. Because yes, obviously, hello, duh. Yes, it'll be great if you get that job. But you want to solve the problem that they have, which is no one to do the job that they're, they're advertising for. So you have to explain why you are the best candidate. Yeah. That was a great little nugget. That's a nugget. See, that's a knowledge nugget. Knowledge Molly's, nug nu Molly's knowledge nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Ah, that's funny. That can be a name of a, of a segment. That's yeah. Be, that's yeah. great. Nice. So this this next part, I think we kind of went over it, but um, let's see. Adulting 101. This is going to oh, be adulting. A oh, my God, adulting. Adulting 101. And I think mm -hmm. this section can be used... For, for any adulting type questions, like Molly, um, I don't know how to write a business letter. Oh, or yeah. Molly, I I don't know. There's My so boomer co-worker is, is, is asking me personal questions during around the coffee pot, and I don't know how to say I don't want to talk to you. The, water, the watering hole. The watering hole. That's right, the watering hole. That's true. Okay, that's right. You're right. Okay. But whatever. It's like, and I don't know how to deal with it or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so I feel like this one is not really an adulting one-on-one, but what are some faux pas that recent grads can avoid while job hunting or even in interviews? Um, assuming that everybody you meet really cares about you, likes you, and is interested in you. 
What do you mean? People don't love me, Molly? They really don't, Lazy Molly. Stu. You know why? Because they haven't <laughs> met you, and you are just a name on a piece of paper. And so if you're starting off on your cover letter or anything, explaining all the reasons why you wanted a job like this your whole life and how much it would mean to you, you know what? This is a, I always say this, and this is terrible, but it's true. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. They don't, but they will if they hire you. Then they're going to care about you. Then they're going to go, hey, you know, Danielle doesn't seem like she's really that happy, or Danielle seems like she'd like a more challenging opportunity. Yeah. Let me see if I can sit her down and give her this big, chunky thing that I have to do, and she'll do a great job on it, whatever. Yeah. Or if you fall down, go boom, break your leg, whatever. They're going to send you a card. They're going to care about you. Okay. But early on, they don't care about you because you're a non-entity. You don't exist to them. Okay. So don't tell them your life story. What? You just told me to do a narrative. No, a narrative of why you're valuable. Ah. A narrative of what you know how to do. There's a difference. Oh, God, yes. Okay. Oh, God, yes. And so so sometimes and it's different than what you would do for like a personal statement because those you really have to get kind of like into your emotions or whatever. But I'm talking about just looking for a job. Yeah. And so you're going to talk about, well, I know how to do X, Y, and Z because of these great experiences I had here and I know how to do this and I know that... In your organization, I know that I will have room to grow, mm -hmm. and I know that, and I feel that um, it would be a great learning opportunity, but I also feel that I could contribute to your mission, and if whatever that mission happens to be, and um, and I feel like I could be a, um, I think I could be a successful member of your team. So that's how to avoid the faux pas of, you care about me and my dreams and aspirations. Oh God, yeah, it's like the, nothing is further from the truth. I mean, it's, and I know that's brutal, but guess what, so is the world. But the other thing is, and think about it this way, not that these people are all mean, okay. um, is that, that they also have dreams and aspirations. What? I know. There are people outside of my own body <laughs> that have dreams and aspirations? Uh, yes! What? That so, never occurred to I me. I know. So they might have teenage children who um, need braces, or they might have a parent that they have to put into a convalescent home. What? Or they might have termites. I personally have termites. You, I can tell you. I so. feel like that's telling people. That's like, mm -hmm. that's a big thing to tell people. I know, right? And so they... So so basically what they need to do is fill this job okay. with the best person they can find. And so if you can convince them that you are the best person, well, then guess what? You're that much closer to at least getting an interview mm -hmm. and maybe actually getting the job. Because, you, because right now it's a problem. What they have, and, and I used to be in marketing, so we would market, I used to work for Esri, you guys might have heard of Esri. Um, and they call it ESRI. I called it ESRI because I was trained to do that and I was told upon pain of firing that I could never not call it ESRI. However, now it's called Esri and um, it's all right. I'm, oh, I'm over it. Um, and we and I would market our seminars on, on our products to um, to our users, which is what they call customers in the um, software industry. Yeah, we call them users. It's funny. Anyway, um, but uh, it'll be like, okay, here's the script. You have a problem. We have software to solve the problem. Mm. This is how our software is going to solve your problem. Here's some of the amazing features of our software and how it will solve this particular problem. And so think about yourself that way, that you're a product that you need to market. Ah. This person has a problem. They have an open position that they need to fill. And it's hard. It's really hard, actually. And a lot of people really hate doing this. They hate It's just a chore. They're going through a million stacks of resumes. For you guys, you feel like they have all the cards and they're sitting there, like they're like some big whatever yeah. on top of a mountain and they're just going to point and they can just have whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. These are people who have actual lives. They have their own job to do. In addition to, they've probably just been tasked with finding a, a person for this job. 
And so they're looking at maybe 50 resumes or more. And you want yours to stand out, not because you did it in crayon, not because it, you know, you sprayed perfume on it or that there's a a thing. No, not really. Um, But, you know, but I mean, people are weird, so you never know. But I mean, you want it to stand out. There's there's a limit to like how dramatic you can make it as in you're not going to make it dramatic. okay? but, you know, I mean, you're not going to make it gorgeous or, you know, you know, a thing that they're going to want to put up on their wall forever is like a work of art. But you can make it easy on them by explaining precisely what you know how to do and being really specific about it. Not that you facilitate or not that you assisted but precisely what you did and Mm -hmm. how you did it for how long did you do it and if you have um, results that you can point to say I mean it's easier if you're in sales or whatever but say your job is to work with X number of patients like you're a nutrition person or whatever and you can say well I was able to um, advise 30 yeah yeah exactly patients on their diets or I developed a curricula, you know, curricula module on, on heart disease or whatever, and I presented to 10 groups of people, 20 people each or something. You can say, look, I did this thing. That's what people want to know. How do, how many things does she know how to do? Are the things that she knows how to do, do they at all align with the things that we need done? Interesting. And that's exactly what you're trying to do. Okay, so don't make it about... Like, I have a dream to make a difference. <laughs> Absolutely this. not. Oh, my God. Every time I see something like that, I just, I just, I roll. I've, one of these days, I'm afraid my, my eyes are going to come flying out of my head because I've rolled them I'm so I'm pretty hard. sure in my statement, I said empower 15 times. Oh, yeah. Empower and passion is another one. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I got to tell you, this is a, maybe a philosophical thing, but the whole empower thing, that strikes me as kind of elitist, and I'll tell you why. <gasps> because you are the person who can give power Endowing. to other people. Yes. With the power invested in exactly. me by Danielle Montoya. Right. That's what the people are going to say. Right. Okay. And, it, and I learned that at a community meeting, um, and this, this elderly African-American woman came up to the front, and she was like, I really don't like this whole empowering lo- you know, language that everyone's using. I don't need anyone to give me power. I can get my own power. Wow. And I was like, whoa, man, did you ever just drop a truth bomb on us? She really did. Way to think about and it. so whenever I see that word now, it kind of annoys me, and I mm. see it a lot. And it's not just students, it's in grants, it's in articles, everybody feels like they're up on top of some mountain, just like the hiring manager you imagine. It's like pointing and giving people power. and they are giving them the power. It's like, rather, how about this? Why don't you teach them what they need to know so they can get their own power? Yeah. If there's if there's an area in their lives that they don't quite know how to, there's knowledge that they have that they don't know how to access or make use of, why don't you show them how to do that? And then you can put on your resume. I help people make use of knowledge. I helped that community um, move itself along. I didn't come on, you know, the scene like somebody on a on a horse and I'm fixing everything for them. I showed them how to fix it themselves. Oh. See, that's just that's a that's a knowledge s- nugget. Yeah, that's another knowledge nugget, kind of not really related, but it's my th- my, my whole theory of public health. So knowledge nugget. Wow. Knowledge nugget. All right. So now I feel like we are all into the final stretch, the meat and the potatoes, <gasps> the final entree. Well, you mean the the meat analog? And the potatoes? The chicken with a Y. The chicken with a, no, a C-H-I-K apostrophe and chicken. Yes. Yes. That kind yes. of chicken. The yes. meat analog and potatoes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I heard that the writing and career services is getting a revamp. Yes. We're revamping. We are. So 
Tell me about your master plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say like insert. my evil laugh. <laughs> so tell me about your master plan. And um, after that, kind of go into just a little nitty gritty okay. of some of the things you'll be offering maybe in the fall. So okay. current students mm-hmm. might actually be able to do some of these events. Woohoo! Okay, well, here, let me go through my papers. She's literally I'm picking a, them up and okay, possibly them doing <laughs> nothing. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, all right. Well, the the main thing, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. Um, who, you, who are who? you? You you guys being the students, but then as, even as I say it, I realize it might not mean anything to you because you haven't all been here for all that long. But for five years, I I put on my office, meaning me and whoever worked with me at the time, um, did a career fair, mm-hmm. and it was quite something. <laughs> and, um, it was it was successful in certain ways, and in terms of I mean, I was always pleased with my end of it and stuff, but I didn't always get the students there or I didn't get them for as long as I needed I would would have liked them to be there or for them to get out of it what they really needed and after this last time when technically we had you know decent numbers of people who were there they didn't necessarily stay that long and they were mostly there because we were making them be there and I just didn't want to do that anymore I mean I started off the day being really upset at how few people had shown up and then I just I had to run out, run an errand real quick, and while I'm in line at Starbucks, because I had to buy a gift card for later that day, and I'm in line at Starbucks for about 10 minutes, because God help me, I'm not going to get out and go to the window at Starbucks, because that's the craziest thing ever, but whatever. So I'm sitting there, and I'm just fuming, and then I just start thinking to myself, this is not what they need. What do they need? They need more, and I think they need it more than just one day out of the year, and I think they need it in a variety of formats. In a lot of different times, I think they need it like in a podcast like we're doing and we need it, they need it in um, seminar form and then they need it online and they need videos. I've done a few videos. I'm going to have to redo them because I'm told they're kind of boring. So I'm going to do that. But um, just offer this content, these knowledge nuggets um, in different formats so that as many people as possible can have access to them and can, especially if it's a video or podcast, I guess you can listen to a podcast again, can't you? Yeah, you can listen to it as many times as, times as you want. want until you just like fall asleep or whatever. It's like a cure for insomnia, but yeah, um, yeah. But um, so you can you can revisit it and you can have you can sort of arm yourself with the knowledge. Okay. Um, and that and I feel like ultimately, if I'm well, yeah, ultimately it's going to be I think of more use to our students rather than trying to, you know, put so much time and effort and money into a single day event. Which, yes, some people, you know, make it and some people get some good stuff out of it because I know people had great experiences there. But we can do it throughout the year and we're going to. So all those, you know, great employers and alumni, will I be seeing those people again? And so and as much as I possibly can, yes. Some of them will be, well, I think, difficult to have come out. But some others, I think, will are expressed interest. I already talked to some, and they were like, oh, yeah, I'd like to do this. And the alumni especially, I'm trying to get them more involved. Um, but some of the employers just really love our students. I mean, they come every year. I don't have to beg them, you know. I'm not, like, just pleading with them on the phone. And But there are people I have to plead with, okay. And that's one thing I'm going to not miss anymore is pleading, please come out, because, oh, God, I was doing that a lot. But for but for quite a, a nice chunk of the people who came out every year, I think they would have been offended if I didn't ask them, you know. And they loved seeing our students. They just thought so highly of our students. And I never saw that change, you know. Um, it, you know, from cohort to cohort, it just seemed to, they just seemed to like being there and they thought it was a good event. So I mostly just want to increase the opportunities for them to, for our students to meet and talk to people like that. 
um, local employers and our alumni who are some of them are local and they have good jobs and they've been working in public health for a long time and they have real insight into what that transition is like and and how to be successful in that transition and sometimes they can even hook you up with some names of some people who you can call and maybe get yourself an interview or at least whatever you know sometimes you just need to know somebody and that's what I want to tap into as well so so tell me more about um, maybe some of the specifics. Are we going to be having the same kind of offerings for both first years and second years? Or what's well, going on with that? Strangely, Daniel, it's funny that you mentioned, because I just happen to have in front of me my little sample um, my little sample uh, curriculum. It's going to be a curriculum? It's going to be a curriculum. Tell me more. I know, more. Okay. Well, I mean, for the first years, there's certain things that they need that the second years do not need. However, <gasps> I know, crazy, right? Um, but there is some overlap, and I'll get into the overlap later. But for the first years, I think a good thing to start off with and is really necessary is understanding what plagiarism is and how to avoid it. So this is one of those writing things. Wait, you're telling me I can't, like quote like five pages from a yeah strangely no and if you do that um after you leave and you get a job and stuff there's this little thing called getting fired that people will do to you they get really upset it's so funny um i know that it's different you know different parts of the world they see it differently but when if you're if you're an international student and you're here and if it's okay in your country to do it that way i totally get that but now you're here and if you want to stay here you got to understand kind of how we play and if you are um, an american you just need to understand the rules anyway so mostly I have found when people get plagiarism if they do plagiarism or whatever they plagiarize something it's usually out of ignorance they just didn't Mm. know what the rules were so I'm going to make it so that you will understand the rules okay Okay. so it'll be you'll sort of be inoculated against the plagiarism virus oh cool I know right and we'll just check your blood for antibodies and the whole nine yards oh wow look at all that I know it's scary Anyway, and then other things like this, um, like APA, which everybody seems to, you know, struggle with from time to time. Yes, yes. I still struggle. Yeah, and it's surprisingly easy, believe it or not. I mean, there's just some rules. And then, like, the the arcane rules, the weird little rules, that's why God made the Internet, you know, Mm. so you just look it up. But the basics of how to cite and how to do it and what it's supposed to look like, that's those are are easy knowledge nuggets to to offer people. Um, And then things like EndNote which people actually we have um, our own in-house specialist. Ooh. I know. So you're going to have speakers? We're going to have speakers. So not because you guys are going to get tired of listening to me. (laughs) So I'm going to ask other people who I trust and who I think are very knowledgeable, smart, cool people to come and either do podcasts with us or do videos with us or do in-person seminars with us on different topics. And sometimes it'll be all three of those things at once, like the EndNote thing. I'm gonna do in person with this one with our with my secret weapon. I'm, I'm not gonna name him right now. I a know. mystery, a mystery guest, and he's so oh. fabulous. Oh my goodness! And so he will be doing the EndNote seminar, and then we'll um, video it. So then the people, the yeah. online people, can have access to it, That's and good. maybe we'll even do a podcast. You just never know. But um, but he's really good at EndNote. I mean, like EndNote terrifies me. Okay. Oh, wow. I mean, like I make the sign of the cross before I do EndNote. It's scary. So no, I don't. I don't like it. And he just goes, "Oh no, it's so easy." And he knows how to make everybody get it. 
So that's cool. And then, um, then, and then we're going to, okay, so, but for the second years, I think that's when you need to start working on your career narrative. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, like we were talking about before. So you need to start thinking about, like, by this time, you're either going to be doing your field practicum or maybe you've done it. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have lots of cool, chunky stuff to put on your resume that's going to be super impressive once you figure out how to wrangle it on there Mm -hmm. and how to describe it so that it's really impressive. So you would begin working on your, your, your narrative with your resume and your cover letter. Think about how you would interview this, interview for it, and then how to dress even, which I hope this isn't offensive Adulting to people. Adulting 101. Adulting. It's part of the whole adulting thing. Like, it's, you know, the way you dress for an interview is different than how you would dress to go to um, Sunday brunch with your boyfriend's family, you know? Mm-hmm. It's weird, I know, but, I mean, so, like, a really pretty dress and some nice, really high heels and, you know, cute little earrings and stuff, that's really not going to cut it, you know? You mm. need to look really professional and, and so much so that your clothes are not getting in the way. Nobody's really noticing your clothes or just noticing you. So there's that. And then LinkedIn, that's also part of preparing for your your job strategizing and stuff. And I think I'm going to be doing that one, God help me, because that means I have to learn about LinkedIn. But that's my job, and I'm going to do it. And um, and then also the EndNote, I know the, the second years would also appreciate that, I'm sure, yeah. if they haven't. Or if they just need like a bat, you know, like a little booster shot on it, you mm-hmm. know. And then some of the other things now for some of the stuff from the from the career fair that we no longer since we're not going to have career fair anymore, um, but there were pieces of it that were just really valuable and that the students really liked. And one of them was the career roundtables. Tell me more. The career roundtables um, were settings in which people could sit around round tables and talk to <laughs> alumni and talk to employers in a very collegial setting. Um, they're not sitting up on a dais and you're sitting out in the audience like you're a little kid or whatever. You're sitting right there like you're at a conference with these people and you can just talk to them, ask them questions. They can tell you about their career path or about what they're doing at their job or whatever. And then you can tell them what you see yourself doing or ask them questions as you see fit. And the students, every everybody who made it, not everybody, not as many people came to that as I would have liked, but the ones who did were always, always had their mind blown by it. They're like, I can't believe it. I got to talk to the guy from World Vision and he told me all this great stuff and oh my God, the ladies. He even handed out business cards. Oh yes. Yeah, that's what they'll do. And these folks, I mean, the ones who agreed to sit down and talk to the students, these are the ones that I'm hoping will come back and who have always shown such interest and stuff. And so now the difference being if we were to do this, if we do this now in the, in the coming year, I think I would want to do it more program specific. Mm. So have like nutrition professionals with mm. the nutrition students, have global type people with the globals, have, you know, policy and, um, and business kind of people with the MHAs and stuff. And, um, you know, just, you know, stuff like that, health educators, just so that everybody could sort of have to each his own a little bit so they could speak to the job market, maybe that they know that particular field is experiencing. That's really cool. Yeah, I think so. And I, and it's also, and this is the other thing I want you guys to do. I want you guys to start interacting with everybody as adults, you know, and not just because I know you've been surrounded by teachers and you're respectful to them and that's great. And I'm not saying you should be disrespectful to your teachers or anybody who's older than you, but I want you all to start seeing yourselves as professionals Mm -hmm. and as adults in the working world. And to do that, you need to be on some sort of parity. You need to be sitting alongside somebody else who you would you could be working with in a year from now and yeah. start realizing that you're just as good as they are. Maybe you don't know exactly what they know yet because they've been in the business longer than you or whatever, but you have things to offer. 
That said, you still also have to figure out kind of how to navigate in the culture of that particular workplace setting. But I mean, I want, you know, even to me, graduate school is like work school. Mm -hmm. You're learning. That's how I always think of it. It's work school. You're here to learn how to work in that particular field. You're not here to learn about, you know, medieval art, you know, or whatever, like in undergrad, even though I love that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's not why you're here. You already did that. You know, this is so you can learn a very particular skill set so you can do a very particular job. And so the sooner you start seeing yourself as a professional, the easier the transition is going to be for you when you do go out looking for a job. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm some imposter. Though, frankly, you know, the imposter syndrome, I think we all suffer from it to a certain extent our entire lives. So there's that. But I mean, just starting to see yourself as, yes, I'm out there and I'm getting a job and I'm not, you know, I'm not a little kid and I'm not a perpetual student. And this curriculum is going to help me do that. Yes, that is my fervent wish. Okay. All right. And so um, you're hoping to roll this out around fall? Mm -hmm. That's when we're going to start. And is it going to be an official thing or is it going to just be like, if I want to do it, I can do it? Or what's your thinking on that? Well, um, that's sort of being worked out now. Um, I actually, this is something that I'm, I'm wanting, what I'm really wanting to do as well as find um, a group of five to seven individuals who will be sort of my, excuse the expression, crash, crash test dummies, who will be part of like the like a core group for this. Pi- it, it's really a pilot program is what it is. So you're looking for volunteers? For I'm that. looking for volunteers, people who will commit to going through, um, you know, a series of different events and letting me letting me know what they think and was it relevant for them and even helping us evaluate it possibly. Um, it could even be a project for another group of students to evaluate its effectiveness because, I mean, I'm really looking at it in, in a very, almost in a research sort of a way. Okay. So I want to do a pre and post and I want to have, a, I wanna have a, an outcome, you know, and a process, a process evaluation and the whole nine. And I, I really want to see what works because I don't want to guess anymore, you know. I don't want to just think maybe they'll like this. Um, though, to be fair, I do, I think, go to a fair amount of trouble trying to find out what people want because I do focus groups. And I'm going to be doing some more, frankly, a whole bunch of them coming up because I want to hear from everybody if the things that I have planned, if it sounds like it's good to them. And if they have any ideas about what they what they think I should do instead. So, that being said, if you are interested in being a part of this next year's um, pilot test mm-hmm. for this upcoming curriculum, please go see Molly. Yes. Please talk to her or mm-hmm. talk to me, Danny Montoya in the hall if you see me. Um, her room number, what is your room number? 1521. 1521 in Nickel Hall. Mm-hmm. Talk to her if you want to be part of the focus group. Talk to her if you want to be part of this pilot program or if you just have any ideas, any feedback. Yes. If you love this podcast, if you love this, or if you think it was dumb and you don't want to hear it don't anymore. Don't tell me that. That'll make me really upset. But that, but we, we need to know that. <laughs> that's true. No, that's no. true. Feedback is so important. Feedback is so important. Really so is. I want to thank you, Molly, thank for you. Um, taking the time to give everyone your knowledge nuggets. Hopefully we'll be able to <laughs> glean more of those throughout the year. Deep fried knowledge nuggets. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Fried is bad. No, never. Ne- oh. No, sauteed. Sauteed baked. or baked. baked. Baked with panko little... Um, breadcrumbs yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for sharing it is always a pleasure please give us feedback listen to this share with all the other students you can and um hope to see you next time thank you thank you